Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And this is a, a, a roasted broccoli. Uh, so it's uh, different broccolis, uh, different um, uh, flavor profiles and all of them. They're all kind of unique and interesting uh, with a broccoli stem pesto on the bottom. So we take the, uh, the stems, we peel them down, blanch them, and then make sort of a traditional uh, pesto but instead of basil, we use broccoli. Yeah. Right. So it's got Parmesan cheese and pine nuts and garlic and all kinds of fun stuff. It's like layers to that pie um, once you start to get into it. But I think these are really nice. Are we going to are we going to be able to nap here after the podcast? <laughs> yes, totally. Totally. It's a nice big booth and, and you can stretch out however you want. Okay. All right. Welcome to Total SF Heather Knight and our Tyler Florence episode and the best meal we've had related to <laughs> any kind of chronicle total SF function. Even better than election night pizza. So let's list where we have recorded podcasts. Ferris wheel. Uh-huh. Hunter Pence's condo. Uh-huh. Uh, Paddleboarding and Sutra Tower. Right. Roof of a drag club. Mm-hmm. What are some other? Top of Mount Davidson. Cable Car Barn. Lots of parks. We've been to like every park there is. Yeah. Now add Joe Lacob's <laughs> private like corner booth at Miller and Lux at Chase Center to it. Yes. That was so fun. We walked into this restaurant not really knowing what we were getting into and they were so welcoming and nice and said, you can record anywhere you like, but how about this booth number 44 where Joe Lacob sits before games and he doesn't let anybody else sit there but you can record here with Tyler Florence if you want to while we all have lunch I was like um I'm getting paid for this yes totally I mean same feeling and then when the food came that's another thing you're gonna hear us eating a lot during this podcast (laughs) it might be gross I hope not I'm gonna try to do what I can with the post-production editing to get Heather and I just like (laughs) totally stuffing our faces out of this podcast. The food was a bonus because I was super excited to meet Tyler Florence. He's this uh, national figure. I learned about him through Food Network, but also has become this local figure as well. And I think of him as a San Franciscan and a Bay Area person as much as I think of him as this national figure. Yeah, super talented guy. Um, also really nice and had a lot of interesting things to say about living in the Bay Area, riding his motorcycle. We had some fun lightning round questions all the while eating this amazing steak. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I tried to divert my face away from the microphone as I was chewing, but I'm not sure how successful it was. <laughs> well, we talk about Miller and Lux. There's a lot of history in this episode, the history of Henry Miller and Charles Lux, who I did not know about until... We ended up in Miller and Lux, the steakhouse. We also talk about a little bit about the fires. Um, Tyler Florence, a lot of people don't know this. He made a documentary about the 2017 fires, which was also kind of a love letter to restaurateurs and winemakers in the area. And just a good, chill episode with Heather and I eating a lot. (laughs) I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather and I, ready to take a nap after eating all the steak And this is Total SF. Thank you very much.
yeah, hello, Tyler, and welcome to your steakhouse. Thank you for having us here. Is this really Joe Lacob's seats that we're yes, in here? Are we yes. in his booth? We are in table 44. This is holy ground. Uh, this is Joe's booth. Nobody sits here unless Joe approves a reservation. Oh, my gosh. And other than that, it sort of sits empty because it's just, uh, you know, out of respect for Joe and the team and uh, his kind of contribution with uh, what we're doing here at the restaurant. And so, you know, this is a very special booth you're sitting in today. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we got permission. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, um at what part of planning or construction of Chase Center did you start thinking that you wanted to be a part of this? Well, we started talking about this with the Warriors back in, I guess it was like 2017, uh, 16, 17. It goes back a while. And been friends with uh, the Lake Ups and been friends with management for, for a minute. Uh, oh, thank you so much. This is our uh, green peppercorn bordelais sauce mm-hmm. to kind of go over. Oh, we're eating steak, by the way. Nice. Jumping and joining us. So on the table right now, uh, we have a 45-day dry-aged tomahawk that I'm uh, slowly pouring uh, Bordelais sauce, green peppercorn Bordelais sauce over top of. So you guys get a chance to kind of tuck into that. You can't come to the restaurant and not experience our steak. So, um, But yeah, so, so we started talking about this back in Oakland. And we had some really great ideas for um, you know the uh, Oracle Arena back in the day. And we found out that the ideas were too good to execute there because I knew they were leaving anyway. So we decided that we're going to save them for the new project. Mm -hmm. So we, we said, okay, we're We're doing a restaurant together. Um, we kicked around a couple different, um, angles on it and, you know, concluded that steak was, you know, everybody's favorite. So American steakhouse was the theme. And then the exciting thing about the name itself, like where the arena sits right now, I love doing research on projects like, like this, especially when it comes to naming restaurants and naming brands. So where the arena sits right now, from 1860 all the way to the 1906 earthquake, used to be the largest meatpacking district on the west coast of the United States, and it was called Butcherstown. And the company that had the largest footprint inside Butcherstown was called Miller and Lux. And it was these two gentlemen uh, that came from Germany, and and they they were butchers by trade, Henry Miller and Charles Lux. And uh, they came to uh, the West Coast because of the gold rush, and that's where the money was. And they uh, opened up their first butcher shop here in San Francisco, and then ultimately they opened up here in Butcherstown. And um, they, they became you know, like such a big deal. By the time they retired, they had one contiguous piece of property from, uh, from San Francisco all the way down to Bakersfield. And they were known as the Cattle Kings of California. And it was just such an amazing story. There's been books written about them. And so once we stumbled across that brand, we did a lot of research to make sure we could, you know, trademark and protect it and that kind of thing. But, uh, but you know, I, I think Miller & Lux is a fabulous uh, chance to tell a story uh, from, you know, a, a cattle ranching story, a California story, an immigrant story, an agricultural story here in the state. Really, really proud of what we're doing right now. And, uh, you know, our, our, our short-term goal is just to be the best steakhouse in the city of San Francisco. And then we'll start to expand from there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Peter found some stories about Miller and Lux in our Chronicle archive. Yeah, because we've been around since nine, uh, 1865. So I found actually Henry Miller's obituary. Can I read a little bit of it yeah. to you here? Uh, Henry Miller listed among California's most notable men who rose from the humble job of a butcher boy in San Francisco to the position of millionaire cattle king of the West, died yesterday afternoon in his 90th year at the home of his only daughter, Miss J. Leroy Nickel at 2101 Laguna Street. I looked it up. It's an apartment building now. Uh Uh, It has been said that... uh, 
the secret of the rise of Henry Miller to the position of millionaire cattle baron was that he possessed a remarkable knowledge of cattle and an equally remarkable knowledge of men. He owned at the time of his death a Western empire twice the size of Belgium. Take away from California the Miller holdings and one would take away a large sized portion of the state. And the same statement holds true for Nevada and Oregon. Isn't that wild? He, he, uh, he was Henry, I think it was Kreiser was his last name. Yeah, exactly. And he came from New York to San Francisco and had to buy a ticket to come here. He had like six bucks when he showed up. And the ticket that he got was um, non, whatever, non-transferable. Mm-hmm. And the guy's name was Henry Miller, Miller. who sold it to him. Yep. So he just adopted that name and never changed it. <laughs> you know. And then had it legally changed when, once he got to California. Yeah. Yeah. And turned it and so he became that persona of what that person is. Wow. And isn't that the great thing about America? Yeah. You can be whoever you want to be when you get here, right? And so I, I just think it's such a fabulous story. And uh, we're honored to carry the torch and, and to talk about our, our founders, you know, uh, with what their legacy was and turn it to a great restaurant. I also think like he lived to 90. So that's got to say something about eating steak. <laughs> Everybody right. I mean, this guy's probably eating steak because he was when Lux was in San Francisco doing the books and Miller's out roaming around. Yeah. I think you can eat steak every day and 90 years old <laughs> in 1916. Well, uh, I doubt it. Will you, uh, will you uh, um, uh, get a little bit of steak and side dishes on everybody's plate for us? Do you mind? Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. So are you a big Warriors fan? Uh, big Warriors fan. And, and that's the great thing about the partnership here. Um, you know, pandemic aside, this has been a storybook launch. And uh, for, for us to, um, you know, come in and, and, and really, I think, show the city of San Francisco a good time and to be uh, affiliated with the Warriors wh- where, you know, it, this this is the spot. Like we have got 160 people on the books tonight. Uh, you know, most people coming in for the game. Do you get to go to the game a lot or are you stuck here? Um, kind of both, right? Um, so it, it depends on the day. Um, if, if we do get like a little lull in the, the reservation windows, right? Because like on game days, uh, for 7.30 games, we open up at 4.30 and we're booked at 4.30. Wow. We're busy at 4.30, right? And as a matter of fact, Joe Montana's coming tonight at 5.30. He and Jennifer. Maybe we should come back. You should. It's a scene. It's a, you should, it's, it's a scene for sure. And, and so the, there's a, you know, a big migration. As a matter of fact, we have a, a sneaky back door uh, from the restaurant that goes straight into the arena. Oh, nice. That I, I built for like Joe Lacob and about 10 other people, to be honest with you. But he liked it so much. He just wanted to put a uh, ticket agent back there and kind of open up for everybody. So it's kind of this fun thing. If you know about it, you know uh-huh. about it. Um, but uh, as soon as you, uh, you know, finish up your dinner, you're 50 steps into the arena. Wow. Are, are you walking through the kitchen? Is it like Goodfellas, like the Steadicam <laughs> shot? It's funny you bring that up because that was exactly my vision when I built that backdoor entrance into the arena. Was one of the greatest scenes in cinematic history with Martin Scorsese, yeah. uh, with Goodfellas when they walk in the backdoor of the Copacabana and that one long steady shot, Steadicam shot, um, unedited, you know, one take. Uh, I just thought it was kind of fun because like Joe's like Joe's office is kind of right down the hallway, yeah. Uh, and then when you when you walk in, you know. I, I just wanted for him to be able to get into the restaurant and get into the arena without necessarily having to be bothered with people if he didn't want to. Uh, but uh, it just turned out to be this really kind of fun, sneaky backdoor entrance. <laughs> so that's exactly where that came from. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And do you have a favorite Warriors player and have any of them come over to eat before the Most of the players have been here, uh, which is really exciting. Uh, the Currys have been in a lot. Um, you know, Draymond's been in a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay's been in a bunch. Uh, Clay had his birthday party here last oh, nice. March, uh, which which was just a, a scene. And, uh, you know, Kami- Jonathan Kaminga comes in a bunch. Um, Iguodala comes in a bunch. Uh, so it's nice to be able to have this place um, for them as a clubhouse 
uh, after the game. Um, also, because we're not open for launch, uh, sometimes the Warrior players will use this as their their meeting facility uh-huh. uh, to come in and have you know private meetings with their agents and marketing folks themselves personally. So we're we're just we're here for them. First time visiting in San Francisco. Do you remember it? Did you come as a as a kid or? Well, the a- first time I came to San Francisco, I was 19 years old, and uh, I was a huge you know, Grateful Dead fan. And, um, um, and, and I remember, uh, yeah, so, so right now what's being presented in front of you, so all the folks are oh listening, my God, right? This so this is so like good. sort of a, a greatest hits plate of all of our amazing flavors, right? So our 45-day dredge uh, covered with our green peppercorn bordelaise, uh, and then also our potato puree, our broccolis, and also our cream spinach. So it's a nice little flavor Miller and Lux right there for you. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate two, it. Thank two you. rude things I'm going to do right now. Yeah. Can I keep my headphones on just so I can keep the, can. the levels yeah, here? Yeah. I, I feel horrible about it. <laughs> no, um, please do. This looks fantastic. Also, we're going to take photos. Is that yeah? Does that drive you crazy? Not at when all. People Not are all. taking photos. No, I mean it, it's it's definitely it's part of the show. You know, being here in the restaurant, and we're so excited. Our product is exciting enough that people want to take pictures of it in the first place. So, yeah, we're grateful. Mm, Please so do. I, isn't that yummy? Yeah. We just want to be the best steakhouse in the city, of San Francisco. You know, and, and that that's sort of like the short term goal. Uh, we're opening up two new restaurants right now. We're opening up uh, four uh, at the Four Seasons in Hualalai, uh, in Kona, in Hawaii, and we're also opening up at the Four Seasons in Vail. Uh, wow. So we're opening up two new Miller Lux restaurants right now. Maybe we need to think of a reason to go visit those restaurants. Yeah, really. <laughs> exactly. So let me get back to the. So the, you, the, you were nineteen. Yeah, so I was yeah. nineteen years old. So I was, I was, uh, I was um, um, getting ready to go into culinary school. I was living in Charleston at the time, and uh, my girlfriend's parents were going to San Francisco, and I can't exactly remember why. They were photographers. I think it was some sort of convention or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but they invited uh, their daughter's boyfriend, me, uh, to go on a trip out to the West Coast. And it was the first time I'd been here before. And I remember sort of getting off the plane and that that deep inhale of some of the cleanest air in the world. And I remember that being something that I still celebrate today. I always kind of because I travel a lot for a living. The second I get off the airplane and kind of gets like that fresh air spot where I can kind of breathe in San Francisco, I always feel like I could breathe here. And it was very relaxing. And the weather is just my jam. I grew up in the South where it's like constantly hot and humid. And and to be able to kind of roll into San Francisco and really kind of celebrate the weather and then start celebrating the culture, right? And and so the I I love the 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 history of uh, San Francisco, which has always been about bubble and burst, to be honest with you, right? It's always been something that's like big and then it goes away and the next cycle comes up all the way from the gold rush to, you know, to the, um, you know, the, 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 the farm to table movement with Alice Waters and then, you know, tech 1.0 and tech 2.0 and, and then kind of where we are now, which is sort of an interesting crossroad challenges in the city. Uh, we're definitely having some for sure right now. Um, but it's always this place that, that seems to bounce back uh, and come back better than ever, which is really great. And so like, I, I think the first time I got a chance to come here uh, was like a, a wide-eyed, enthusiastic young chef. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd been in the restaurant business for a handful of years and, and really having some spectacular meals uh, and really kind of tasting what that farm to table, having those light bulb moments, right? Where you really uh, taste what everyone's talking about and kind of live the hype of, you know, the produce, which is just the best in the world. The best in the world, right? (laughs) The product is the best in the world. Exactly. And so that's what I really loved here as well. And, and, you know, and then kind of going back to, you know, I was in South Carolina, I went to culinary school there, and then I was in New York City for 15 years and always had this thing about, you know, living in California. Always. and, And it was that first trip when I was 19 that sort of planted the seed of, what I thought was, you know, someplace I knew I was going to end up 
you know, at some point in my life, in my career. And, and then so we moved here in 07 uh, with my lovely wife, Tolan, and we have three kids now. And uh, kids? Uh, my oldest is 26. He's a cyber security engineer with Google. And uh, then we have a 15-year-old who uh, is playing football uh, at Redwood. And, and then we have uh, our, our baby girl, a daughter, is 14. She's in eighth grade, and uh, she's applying for high school right now. Great. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Are, I mean, I think L.A. and New York are kind of the company towns. Is it, is it hard to work out of here? Does it mean a lot of extra flights? It can be. It can yeah. be. I mean, like it, it's so L.A. was was honestly was going to be our first choice to, to when we moved to California because uh, Tolan uh, lived in L.A. for maybe like six or seven years or so. Uh, she was uh, Ryan Seacrest's executive producer with his radio show when they got their first number one book. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like 25. She was one of the youngest uh, um, um, uh, marketing executives uh, with Viacom. And she, you know, and she still has that like huge hustler spirit. I mean, she's one of my, you know, a one of my my wife, but also one of my best friends, one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And so, so when we just first were thinking about moving to California, LA was our first thought. And then we got there, and it it was like two thousand, I guess it was two thousand four. No, I'm sorry, I take it back. It was two thousand seven, and uh, and we were trying to figure out kind of what our our, our first big move was going to be, and we just couldn't find a house that we. Loved everything that we looked at felt cheesy or it felt like a tear down, tear down the valley. Like how depressing mm-hmm. is that? Like you can buy a, you can buy a house, but it's a tear down the valley. So then we started looking at you know inventory up here in Northern California, and then it was just this like magical idea that we had. Um, you know, like with the wine country being so close to San Francisco and San Francisco being a real legit legacy restaurant food town. It felt like a nice place to put our roots down. So we decided to, and plus she's from Marin County anyway. And so she went to Tam high and her parents live in Marin. So we had like a nice big support system uh, to be here uh, for the, in the first place. So getting here and, and just really kind of putting our, our, our roots down uh, felt like the right thing to do from, from minute one. And, and we've been here ever since. And it was the best move I've ever made in my life and, and love, love being in Northern California. Glad you're here because this is so good. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh my god! It, your eyes are rolling back in your head. That's that, that is my payment for what we do when we see our guests roll their eyes back in their head with how good it is. Because I, I know I know it's great, and I, I love to share that with. Everybody. And I love the part that I get to go home, and when my wife asks me, I, I'm like, I had kale. You know, we kept it. Yeah, kept it pretty healthy. We had kale. You know, we yeah. had kale. Yeah, <laughs> kale. Yeah, there's a little cream in that, but not much. Yeah, <laughs> not much. a little bit. Right. But uh, we, we just love what we do, and and uh, you know, and I, I I like you know uh, building restaurants. So you can describe with one word. Uh, I just think it's it's a, a smart uh, way to introduce what you want to do to a big audience, and and for it to be universally popular, right? So we love. You know, restaurants like steak, Italian, sushi that you can easily, easily describe. So once you say that, everybody's like, I'm in. You got me, right? Versus having to say, well, it's kind of like, you know, cow med, small plates, farm to table, you know, locally sourced. Like, I just don't even know what that is necessarily. So I I think we we just want to come up like we're steak. We do all that anyway, uh, but we don't necessarily have to, you know, need to wear the T-shirt to be able to express all that. So but, uh, but, you know, like it's it's the best steakhouse in the city of San Francisco. uh, So we 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 were building it to be and uh, and and that's the story what you just said yeah. reminds me that i love jobs that can also be summed up in one word like chef journalist there's so many jobs right now that you're like wait what do you do like, what do you I do for a living exactly what is it yeah. exactly you do Keep it simple 
I still don't know. I, we've both interviewed Mark Benioff yeah, many I can't times. Tell you I can't tell you what he does. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I, I can kind of tell you what Salesforce yeah. does, but it would take me a long time, and I'd get like half of it wrong. Yeah. Mark is a good friend. Uh, he's a great uh, leader. Uh, he's a great uh, advocate for San Francisco. Uh, he he is um, you know such a, a great like uh, connector. That's one of his mm-hmm. like many secret powers uh but he's such a fabulous guy and we got a chance to cook for him uh for dreamforce this year uh at the top floor of the salesforce building which is yeah. which is such, such a marvel of engineering he's been on this podcast too so he's, yes, he's a great guy yeah we Absolutely. we appreciate what he does I, I coach youth basketball i've had two different times where they tell me like oh salesforce sponsored your team and i didn't ask or they <laughs> wow. just did it like That's i guess nice. like one of the one of the parents has some connection to Salesforce and they'll just sponsor any team. And yeah. there's so many little things like that that happen with Salesforce mm-hmm. that, you know, if you live here, you kind of know, okay, they're community oriented. But yeah. We'll be right back after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I really want to, I know it's five years old, but I wanted to ask you about Uncrushable, the yeah. movie that you directed in 2017. And we were talking about, you know, your connection to this area, but filming a documentary about the fires in Napa and Sonoma, you know, what, what went into that decision and how did that kind of change you as a, as a restaurateur and a local? Uh, it, it was a very, very scary moment uh, in Northern California back in 2017. And there's been so many fires. It, it's hard to even describe which fire it was, right? But was this the wine country fire mm-hmm. um, that specifically took out um, lo- uh, parts of uh, Northern Napa, um, a lot of Calistoga, uh, and then a lot of like Rohnert Park into Santa Rosa. It jumped the 101 and connected uh, uh, Napa and Sonoma counties. And it was, uh, I think, um, got 1,100 buildings burned, 45 people lost their lives. And so we, we had a very super tiny budget and it was myself and about four filmmakers. I mean, I've been in television for 26 years, so mm-hmm. I got a pretty big Rolodex uh, of just, you know, uh, Emmy Award winning cinematographers that shoot television full time for a living. So I, I got uh, a pick of some pretty top talent and so uh, called in some favors, um, had some people kind of, you know, move into a, a hotel for, uh, for, you know, for about four weeks while we shot everything. And, and, and we started telling the stories of the local community on, on, on what, what it meant to to uh, to to recognize that other people hurt, and and to what can we do as a community to make sure that that we're always uh, solidified with uh, a, a, a group consciousness that that we're all in this together, mm-hmm. and so we put together this film that really kind of told that story from a first person perspective. And we interviewed, you know, teachers and firefighters and you had the safari uh, people in it. I remember exactly. Yeah. yeah. From, from uh, Sonoma County. And and that, that was Safari West, West, which, which was an amazing story and and a scary story too. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause the gentleman that owns it, um, he, he had gotten a phone call from uh, one of his, um, you know, uh, um, one of his, his um, caregivers, caretakers at the zoo 
And they said, listen, there's, there's a fire on your hill. You should be aware of that. And then by the time he had gotten it, put on a pair of boots, gotten out of bed, put on a pair of boots, grabbed his wife, it was less than 10 minutes and less than 10 minutes his house is on fire and his house burned to the ground. I've done some cool stuff in my life. It was probably uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the project that had the biggest impact on my life personally uh, to be able to kind of connect with people um, and, and to really just feel like I'm here. You know, it was important. Yeah, well, my, my family lives up there and I remember seeing it you know, when it came out. Oh, you saw the film? You yeah, saw yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, back then. Sure. And uh, I just, uh, I appreciated it. I mean, it, it, it I, I like the positivity too, because there was this element, a lot of the people that I'm sure we were both talking to were like, okay, on one hand, this is a horrible thing and we need to prepare for the next one. On the other hand, we need to get people back here. I mean, mm-hmm. small businesses are losing money mm-hmm. and, and there was that element of rebuilding too. Do you, do you, in a, in a, like season like this, when the rain comes, do you just have a little bit of a sigh of relief that don't we've we gotten through the fire season and yeah. relatively unscathed? Yeah, don't we all? Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> Come on. It's this level of anxiety mm-hmm. that really kind of starts up around you know the end of September, first of October, because that's really sort of the height of it. And what's really kind of heartbreaking because like it's it's the it's the most beautiful weather here in Northern California, yeah. right? It's our summer. You know, we have this like kind of late Indian summer that happens between between September and October. And it's also harvest season up in Napa. So you have this, you know, where uh, Napa really comes to life and kind of celebrating what they do at a high level. And, and, and so the 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 entire uh, wine country region between Napa and Sonoma, you know, they're, they're pulling grapes, they're pressing, they're crushing. The entire area smells like, you know, fresh yeast. You can, it smells like wine being made, which is crazy. Yeah. And it, it's a really beautiful part of our culture here in Northern California. And now there's an overlay of anxiety that kind of comes along with that, that to hope that this doesn't, you know, become a year that they'll lose part of their crop, right? And and so it's like that kind of thing, as soon as it starts to rain, everybody sighs a, a deep relief yeah. that, that we got through this one relatively unscathed. We had some fires this year, but, but uh, uh, mild in comparison. Yeah. Well, you also run the Wayfair Tavern in the heart of the financial district. And how is business during the pandemic? Is it coming back? And what do you foresee for downtown San Francisco? Downtown San Francisco is really starting to pop. There's areas uh, that uh, I I think will, you know, we're sort of in this tear between culture and commerce, between restaurants and retail Mm -hmm. and rent and that kind of thing. And so I, I, I think we're... You know, the, the, the business model is broken. There's no doubt about it. Restaurants can barely survive what it costs to be in business here in San Francisco. And we, we could have a whole separate podcast on that. Um, but I, I think that the culture, you know, restaurants are culture. Restaurants is, is a strong sense of vitality in a city. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a point of strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a, this braggable thing that San Francisco's always had and to be really proud of our, our food culture here. And when that becomes uh, strained, and under stress from uh, from a lot of different reasons. The pandemic uh, it, it just did a doozy on, on everybody, yeah. uh, specifically in the financial district. And and still to, to a lot of, uh, you know, we're, we're busy for dinner. Lunches are starting to come back, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, what I really like about the transition from outdoor dining back to indoor dining is the fact that we can keep our park let for two additional years. Mm-hmm. So that's like 80 additional seats inside the restaurant, which is like opening up a restaurant yeah. and a restaurant you already opened. Yeah. So those additional seats have given us uh, such a, a revenue boost. Uh, they're actually making more money this year than we made in 19. 
uh, which is wow. which is wonderful. Yeah, so we're we're coming out of it um, uh, with with our head high. You know, mm -hmm. it, it was some real dark days in the business. Mm -hmm. um, we went from 130 employees down to about 13. Oh wow! And you know, as as the owner of the restaurant, we took no, zero distribution. Any money that kind of came in uh, went to go pay our staff that that helped we held on to, and had to furlough a lot of people, which is heartbreaking. And we didn't get them all back. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have now a new generation of associates at Wayfair Tavern. They get a chance to, you know, to celebrate the good times with that restaurant because mm -hmm. we're back and busier than ever, which That's is great. great. Well, I, I got to ask you before we close uh, with the lightning round. Um, can you please talk about the caviar donut? <laughs> Where did that come from? How many people buy it? Do you want one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, yell in the microphone. <laughs> Let me, let me, yeah, I'll get them. That's all right. I, it worked, I think we're going to start to make them now. Yeah, so um, this is a luxury restaurant, right? Like Miller & Lux is, is a luxury restaurant. It, it's not, it's not, uh, it, it's it's not inexpensive to come here, right? But what you're going to get is a spectacular level of service and a really, really beautiful room and the best steak of your life, right? So all the bells and whistles come along with that storyline. You know, 45-day dry age, black truffles from Paragore, uh, you know, tr uh, uh, caviar from some of the finest places in the world. And so when we were talking about caviar service, we were really thinking, okay, how, how do you present that? Because there's lots of ways to kind of get that across. Like when we're a house, because uh, I'm not trying to be bougie, but we eat caviar from time to time. <laughs> Um, and we'll have a tin, you know, in the fridge. I'll crack it open. I'll whip some creme fraiche and I'll open up a bag of Ruffles. And that's literally like, that's the Marin County dinner party. That's good. That's the Marin County dinner party right there, right? <laughs> and you just eat it over the, you know, eat it on the counter, uh, you know, and everybody get a chance to share. And But uh, here at the restaurant, it needs to be sort of a presentation, really sort of a ceremony. So, you know, it's either something crispy or it's something like a, you know, a Bellini, uh, you know, the, the, like a Gary Danko, which is one of the world's greatest mm -hmm. bites of food. So we, we were kind of playing around with this and it popped up in a, in a meeting, uh, you know, somebody said caviar donuts and I'm like, the brakes just went on. <laughs> like, are you joking me? You know, it's the two great tastes that taste great together. It's really salty and sweet, you know, and from a chef's perspective, you can never blow that. You could, it always tastes good, you know, between, you know, obviously there's peanut butter brittle, which is salty and sweet, but salty and sweet can be a hundred thousand different combinations of things that are just like Thai food is salty, sweet, right? It's like that just always plays, right? So we started working on a donut, and then we wanted it to be a filled donut, and then you know put the caviar on top of that. And I think it's an exquisite bite of food. It's really really nice. So um, uh, it, it's a great way to you know kick off an experience here. Uh, there's five that comes to an order, and everybody gets a chance to have like a really opulent bite of food. Uh, so we're really proud of that. Huh. It's fun. Well, you survived our very serious questions, and now it's time for our lightning round. Okay. Yep. Where's your favorite place in the Bay Area to get a burrito? This is going to sound crazy. Uh, and it's going to make me sound very suburban, but I have I have teenage kids uh -huh. and and world rap. I know this is going to sound kind of weird, but world rap in in uh, in, in Marin County in okay. Puerto Madera. That's where my kids go, and I think it's 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 a it's a really good rap. I know it's not a burrito per mm -hmm. se, um, but uh, you know there's fantastic places in the Mission that yeah. I, I think are really fantastic. And I think there's lots of really good. You know I don't get out much to be honest with you. Right, I'm either <laughs> I'm either at my house or taking the kids someplace or on an airplane. You know, going shoot yeah. to shooting television. So I, I don't I don't unfortunately I don't get a chance to like do like the big crawls right yeah. like i know where all the big big burritos are but like you tell me where, where's the best burrito and and i love la corneta in yeah, glen sure. park where i live so oh that's great yeah that's we, we record podcasts in glen park canyon partly so she can walk there but also <laughs> i love that oh that's great 
also, we always go. It's a great Mexican place. And they place. have a great parklet. We're yeah. big fans of parklets. And, 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 and to me, like, that's what I also love about San Francisco. Kind of like knowing knowing how much time I have in the day. Like right now, as we're talking about this, like no joke, we're doing four or five things at the same time. Yeah. So we, we always have like really busy days. And, and I love to get a chance to go explore you know, almost being a tourist yeah. in the city where you live in, because yeah. I'm always like trying new things in new places. So I, I love, I love the inside. Okay, La Tapatia yeah. in South San Francisco is another big. La Tapatia is really good. I've my, actually been there. You've that's been there. Yeah, okay. that's my fantastic. mom's that's Mexican, really and yeah. I grew up on the peninsula, and we would go up there to get our carnitas and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, I yeah. love that. That's great. I have a feeling we might be sitting in it, but where's your favorite place in the city to get a stiff drink? Um, you know, I, I, I think Wafer Tavern has really good <laughs> okay. drinks. And I think Miller and Lux, I think our program here is, is, is pretty spectacular. Um, that being said, I love Trick Dog. And, uh-huh. you know, that, that's a really great place. What's your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco or the Bay Area? Um, I would say Bullet. I think Steve McQueen. Good choice. You know, I, I think I'm just a big fan of that film. I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah. Um, I, I think that was pretty amazing. A uh, huge Hitchcock fan. Uh-huh. Um, so I think when you kind of get into that level of, you know, inside, I think those are pr- pretty amazing too. Yeah. yeah. I'd, rec- I'd recommend the pairing of Bullet and the steak. I oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you kind of got this old school San Francisco vibe. <laughs> and, and that's what I love. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I was born in the wrong era, but I, I think that mid-century vibe is just kind of my jam. Yeah, you know, like I just, I love that. I always kind of, I would like to think I'm a preservationist when uh-huh. it comes to great restaurants. And, and to really kind of celebrate, you know, the interesting thing about it, because I'm 51 years old, right? And so I, I uh, when I joined Food Network in 1996, um, you know, it was it was Emerald and it was Bobby and it was Ming and it was Mario and then so I was definitely like probably twelve to fifteen years younger th- than those guys. So I was I was like the the first of the new and now I'm kind of like the the last of the old, right? <laughs> And so I, I remember like really beautiful formal formal service in restaurants that we want to bring back. I think to me like the, where you go out and you can come as casual as you want to, um, but that level of service and experience, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it's where we should all live in the hospitality yeah. world, right? So besides one of your own restaurants, what's your favorite restaurant in San Francisco? My favorite yours restaurant. Are closed, yeah, right. My favorite restaurant, in San Francisco. So, um, God, let me think about this. I think y- y- Yaxing is always just like uh-huh. so incredible. I mean, when it comes to dim sum, I think got to break it down into into like you know like categories, right? It's hard to say like there's there's one. Yeah. Um, I think Danko is always just a really magical night out, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that they does never changes the menu. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it's like the with laser execution. I always service feel is so good. service is so incredibly good. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fun. Um, I, I I love Saison. I think Saison's an, uh, really an amazing Michelin three star experience. I love Bennu. I think is really great as well. Um, um, uh, Angler, um, which is another restaurant in the Sa- in the Saison family, which is I, I think a, a spectacular dining experience. Um, um, what 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 else is really great? Like like you know like dive bars. I mean like to me, mm-hmm. I, I think there's so many great restaurants in San Francisco that you can kind of pick and choose and kind of get lost and, yeah. and 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 never never really run out of gas with you know new places you're always discovering even yeah. if the place has been here for 50 60 70 years yeah. like i think tadich is great mm-hmm. i think tadich is awesome i mean and especially for a new generation i bet a lot of young people a have never heard of tadich or even you know n- know how great the sand dabs are when you get there yeah and i think a lot of those restaurants are really special they are for me you host a great food truck race so do you have a favorite bay area food truck um, got it. Um, you know, will you guys tell me like what, because again, it's just going to sound so weird, but like I, I, I live in my own little bubble sometimes. Right. So like the, so when we travel, 
um, with the great food truck race. We're, we're in pre-production right now for season 16. And, uh, and that is shot in predominantly in San, in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. we're down there, for, you know, for about five, four or five weeks when we shoot that. And then, and then when I come back, I kind of like clock out of the food truck world mm-hmm. and kind of get back in my own little restaurant bubble. And I don't know if I really have a bunch of intersections where I, I bump in. I know this is kind of weird as a guy like yeah. celebrates food trucks. Sorry, but because I should. Um, but you guys tell me, like, what, like, what, what are some things that food trucks that people should look Alpa out for? Store Poppy is yeah excellent. Yeah. I mean, they it's actual Alpa Store. They've got the the rig up, the rack up, and they're cutting it in front of you. That's awesome. That's that's got to be probably my number one. Uh-huh. Um, I think Roller Roadie is fire. Really good. I think Roller Rodeo at the at the farmers market every weekend. Mm-hmm. I think that that's just as good as it gets. Like the roasted chicken porchetta for potatoes yeah. and stuff. That's fantastic. Se- Senor Sisig is worth the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, uh, there's always a line. But worth it's the worth line. It. I love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's great. Good way to... So you're also an avid motorcycle rider. What's the best ride in the Bay Area? Uh, I, I would say arguably one of the best rides in the country. Uh, it's just taking up the old Highway One. Uh, uh-huh. You know, starting from uh, starting from Tam Valley, um, you actually just start to climb your way uh, through um, that the the flats area and almost near Mir Beach, and then uh-huh. you then you take a left um, on the next little um, you know um, fork in the road, and then you start to climb all the way up towards the top, and then overlooking the Pacific Ocean, yeah, and then 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 wind your way down towards. Um, towards Stenson Beach and then keep on going. And then I, I think all the way up to Marshall and Jenner mm-hmm. uh, and then find some like nice place to kind of cross over and find the one-on-one. Usually we get there and the sun's going down. Um, but uh, that's one of the most beautiful r- rides in the world. And it's a real head cleaner for me. Last question. What is one thing you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Um, I think a sense of gratitude. Uh, you know, like to me, like the, like the idea of, oh, I got to go to work, right? I get to go to work. Right. Uh, or or the the like, oh, I, I got to go take I have to take this phone call. I get to make this phone call. I get to do this podcast today. And and that to me is is uh, something that, that I, I never, ever take for granted. Like because I, 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 I've been around so long and I've done so many things and I've been part of like the the roller coaster of success and then kind of coming in a favor and out of favor and kind of what you do. And, like, and I'm a chef. Like this is what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm very excited to know that I, I'll be able to do this for the rest of my life and, uh, and really kind of celebrate culture and, and cities. And we're expanding. We're doing two new Miller and Lux restaurants, one in Hawaii and one in Vail. And uh, to be able to, to, to have a moment where you sort of clean your head out and go, okay, I know you're busy today, mm-hmm. right? I know this is a lot to work on. I know you've got, you know, 100 people to talk to today, but mm-hmm. you get a chance to do that today. And, and if you ask for it, you can't complain. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what I, I think I, I try to just like take five minutes to myself and go like, today's going to be awesome. And you get a chance to do this. Let's go. Well, thank you so much for having us. This was delicious. Thank you. This was fantastic. I'm, yeah, it was good. As you can <laughs> tell, we were pretty excited about it. I can't believe we ate that whole thing while we It will clean your plate club. Congratulations. You, yeah, you right, left the spot. <laughs> you left a little on the plate. So still going. try harder next time. <laughs> thank you very much. Of course. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Thank you so much.